Again, I just want to say that, man, I really hope that this will be the merriest and most faith-filled Christmas ever for you. I also want you to know that, man, it is truly an honor for me to stand up here now for the eighth consecutive year and just talk to you about one of the greatest events in history, God becoming one of us. As we celebrate Emmanuel, right, Jesus, the God who is with us. And today I am honored to celebrate his goodness and his grace and his faithfulness and his love and his mercy as we just take, as we take just a little bit of time to just open up God's word. For those of you that may just now be joining us, though, as Pastor Corey said, we have been in a series all month long. It's been our Christmas series. We've titled it Let It Go. And really what we've been looking at in this series is letting go of some things that really hold us back from experiencing the life that Jesus came to bring us. And so really we're letting go of what we call the four G's. We've talked about letting go of our grudges. We've talked about letting go of our greed. Last week, we talked about letting go of this guilt that a lot of us, if not all of us, carry around. And today, what I want to specifically talk to you about is letting go of our grip. Letting go of our grip. And when I say grip, specifically what I'm talking about is letting go of this need to control. Now, here's the deal. If you're also just now joining us, I want you to know that we are a church that participates in the message, right? So the more feedback I get from you, say an amen or a yes or even a smile, I promise you I'm going to preach better this morning. And then secondly, right, I want you to know that we are a church that participates in the message because I want to start off this morning by asking you guys a question. I'm just curious, and I need some feedback. I need to show a hands on this. How many of you would say there's at least one area of your life? Now, there may be many areas, but how many of you would say there is at least one area of my life that I love to control? Now, here's the deal. If you were tempted when I asked that question to reach over and grab your neighbor's hand and raise it for them, this message, I promise, will speak directly to you. No, but for real, we're going to look at a portion of the Christmas story this morning, and I believe we are going to experience Jesus in a powerful way. I believe that many of us will walk out of this place willing to let go of some of those things that we're trying to control, that Jesus does not want us doing so alone. And so if you brought your Bible, I encourage you to open it up with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, if you do not have a Bible, it's all good because there are some really big ones right behind me. And I really want you to follow in. So lean in and really follow along as we just kind of dive in to a portion of the Christmas story this morning. It says this, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Verse 29, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean, confused and disturbed. Real quick, can you guys say confused? 
could you guys say disturbed? In this moment, Mary was confused and disturbed. And I'm wondering if there's anyone here feeling the exact same way. Maybe you're confused about something going on in your life. Why is this happening? Why am I experiencing this? Or maybe you're disturbed, like I couldn't believe that that happened. I can't believe that I'm now in this situation. God, I thought you were going to be there. God, I thought you were going to come through. Maybe you, like Mary this morning, are confused and disturbed. It goes on, verse 30, to say, Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign uh, over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Man, this is good news. Man, I'm getting pumped just reading this passage. Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, though, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth, she's become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Verse 37, for the word of God will never fail. Let me say that again. For the word of God will never fail. And there it is, verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. May everything you've said come true. I grew up memorizing the New King James, and it actually puts it this way. And Mary responded, and then she quoted the Beatles, let it be. Let it be. Let it be done just as you have said. Let's pray real quick. Father, I'm so grateful and honored to stand up here to preach out of your word. Father, I pray today that, man, you would speak clearly, clearly to the people here, that, that you would be glorified through our time together. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Here's the deal. I am not a mind reader, but when I talk about control, I can imagine that many of you right now are thinking, man, I am so glad that they are here to hear this message. Man, I'm so glad that my wife is here because she really has a problem trying to control everything. Or, man, I'm so glad my husband is here. Hey, honey, you paying attention because pastor's about ready to speak to you. Right, we, we, we think that this message is for someone else, but I promise you this is a message that's for every single person here in the room because we all sometimes have this need for control in our life. And some of you are like, no, I, I'm not a control freak. I just like to aggressively help others. <laughs> and that's your mindset. But here's the thing, man, you are wound so tight and you love to control everything. Your kids know it because you try to tell them what to wear, what to do, how to live, how to behave. Right, And later on in life, you want them to, to go after the degree that you want them to go after. You want them to have the job that you want them to have. And you try to control everything. And then maybe it's with your spouse, right, the way they chew, which for real is a thing. Man, why are you chewing like that? We want to control that. We want to control what they do, what they wear, what decisions they make. We want to, we want to control how they, like, load the dishwasher. Like it's all going to get clean anyway. Maybe I'm just talking to me today because those are some issues that we have in our house. 
Or maybe how you vacuum, like the lines have to go a certain way, and if they're off at all, like, no, you didn't do it right, let me come in and take over. Some of us love to control. Sometimes we love to control what others think about us. And our greatest weapon is social media with this, right? We want to put all these filters on, and we stand in front of the Christmas tree, and we take like 17 pictures, and by the end of it, trying to get the perfect one, we want to give one kid away, and we're like setting up an appointment with our, you know, couples therapist, and I'm telling you, this is real. Maybe it's, maybe it's just for me. I don't know, because that happened to us today. <laughs> like this stuff happens, right? We want to come in, and we want to control and here, here, here's the deal. I know with me, the more I try to control, the more I fear losing control. And then the more I fear losing control, the more I want to control. And so it's like this vicious cycle that we go through. You know, here's the thing. Here's what I came to tell you this morning. This is just a simple thought for today, this Christmas. And it's very simple for me to say this, but this is very difficult to live out. This will take an extreme amount of of faith. And if you're taking notes, the thought is this. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. Let me say that again. You don't always have the power to control. 20 years ago, my dad fell from a tree stand and man, if I could come in that and control that situation and make it so that he didn't have to live every day of his life in pain, I would. But since I can't control that, I have to surrender that. Man, Brooke, we've been praying for your dad all week. There's some areas in our life that, that we can't control and cancer sucks and people get sick. And there's things that we wish we could control, but, but we can't. We don't always have the power to surrender but, or to control, but we do always have the power to surrender. And if you think about it, if we could just go back to this story with Mary, can we just put ourselves in Mary's shoes just for a minute? Because we can hear something like that, and we can read that story, and it's kind of a traditional Christmas story, right? And we read it over and over again. And sometimes we can kind of revere Mary so much. Oh, this is the Virgin Mary. You know, uh, of course she said, let it be. Of course that's her mindset. I mean, there's statues made after her. There are cathedrals named after her. Of course that was her response. Let it be. But we forget that she was an ordinary kid. Matter of fact, most scholars believe she was 14 or 15 years old when this angel appeared to her. She was engaged to Joseph. If we can think about what was going through her mindset when that angel came to her this morning, I promise you we would glean something from it for our lives today. But think about this, Mary, right? She is engaged, and I'm sure she's trying to plan out her wedding day, right? She found, right, the perfect man, which, ladies, right, you don't need a lot out of a man, but there are some qualities that you just need to have in a man in order to be engaged to him. I don't know what it may be. Maybe for Mary, Joseph was, you know, maybe he was masculine and yet gentle, right? Strong and yet humble. Or how about this? Maybe he just had a J-O-B, right? He had a job that he showed up to. You know, I don't know. I'm just making this stuff up. Maybe, you know, Joseph had a reliable donkey. I mean, it wasn't like the newest model, but it would get them from point A to point B. And maybe most of all, she just wanted a man who loved God. And so she found this in Joseph. They were engaged to be married, and she was picturing 
what her wedding day was going to look like. She was picturing what their life was going to look like, and then this angel came, right, and he kind of disrupted her plans. And so Mary at this point, she might have had to give up on her dream to step into God's destiny. She might have had to say yes to the chaos because it was part of God's calling. And I don't know, maybe you, you know, it says that she was confused and disturbed, and maybe that is where you're at. Maybe right now, like I was telling the team this morning, Christmas is a magnifier. Whatever you're going through, good or bad, it magnifies the situation this time of year. And so maybe, maybe you are just like Mary. You're confused and disturbed. And, man, you got some marriage issues that it's not working out at all. Maybe you got some financial issues and it's spiraling out of control and you have no power to control it, right, because it's out of control. Maybe this year is that year, as even Pastor Corey said earlier before we watched the video, maybe this is that year that maybe there's someone that is not around that Christmas dinner table eating Christmas supper with you. And for whatever reason, that chair is empty. I don't know. I'm just telling you, whether it's a health issue, there are some things out of our control, just like Mary. But, but if we really think about this story and how it plays out, when Mary chose to surrender instead of trying to control the situation, God showed up and God show, showed everyone in the story his faithfulness. His faithfulness like crazy. Let's think about this for a minute. Mary's in this situation, and I'm sure she was thinking what? What is my family going to think? Man, I, I'm pregnant, but I've never been with a man. What is my family going to think? Well, you know what? Well, God already thought of that. He sent an angel to their cousin, Elizabeth and Zachariah, to say, hey, you're pregnant, but Mary's also pregnant, and the child she's carrying is the Son of God. This is all legit. It's God showing his faithfulness. I'm sure Mary thought what? She was probably thinking what Joseph was thinking. You know, oh, man, I, have I been anywhere? He's probably thinking, man, oh, Mary, I saw you over at, uh, you know, over at Joe's house, and I saw that camel out there at 2 in the morning. You going to tell me that the Holy Spirit got you pregnant? Think about what was going through her mind in this, in this story. Oh, but God took care of that. He sent angel, an angel, Gabriel, to Joseph in a dream and says, hey, Mary is with child. It is from the Holy Spirit, and he will be the son of God, and he will call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins, right? God showing his faithfulness. You fast forward a little bit. They're on, they're on their way to Bethlehem for the census, and they're there. They get to their family's place, and there's no room in the guest room. And so they have to have Jesus out where all the animals are. But when they're having the baby, shepherds show up and start rejoicing and start praising and start celebrating that the Messiah has been born. That was God showing his faithfulness because of Mary's surrender. And then let's, let's take it a few years uh, into the future, right? Mary and Joseph, they have Jesus. And then a king, King Herod, hears about Jesus' birth. And so he doesn't want any other king stepping up, taking over his kingdom. So what does he do? He dispatches his army to wipe out, right, all of the young boys, like a few years old and under. So what does Mary and Joseph do? They flee to Egypt. Well, how are you going to pay all your bills when you're on the run or on vacation? Oh, well, God took care of that. 
he sends some wise men who were chasing after a star, and they showed up with what? Gold, frankincense, myrrh, to fund the trip that needed to happen. What I'm telling you this morning is when sometimes, instead of trying to control the thing, you surrender this thing, God is going to show up and show himself faithful. And then if we fast forward in the story just a little bit further, Jesus. So I want to talk about Jesus today. Jesus, he's in the garden. It's at the end of his ministry, and right before he goes to the cross, he's in the garden and he's praying. As a matter of fact, the scriptures say that he's praying so intensely that not only is he sweating, but he's also sweating drops of blood. Like capillaries begin to burst. Like this is how intensely and fervently Jesus is praying in this moment. In Luke twenty two forty two, it says that Jesus prayed, Father, if there's any other way, could you take this cup from me? The cup of suffering. Basically, if there was any other way than the cross, could something else open up? But then he said something incredible. He said, but not my will, but your will be done. I'm not going to try to come in and control. I'm going to choose to surrender to your plan and your purpose. And when Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done, this phrase, be done, it's the exact same phrase in the Greek that Mary said when she said, let it be. Mary says, let it be. Jesus says, let it be. Be. And then Jesus goes on to the cross and he's there. He's being crucified, which is crazy because creation is crucifying the creator. And in this moment, the scriptures tell us that he could have taken control. Scripture says he could have called down like a legion of angels. At this, at this moment, he could have done all that. He could have controlled that outcome, but he, instead he chose to surrender and he said, Father, forgive them. And then, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, and in that moment of surrender, man, God showed his faithfulness because they placed Jesus in the tomb, but the tomb couldn't keep him. Three days later, Jesus got back up out of the grave. Jesus is alive, and that is the fruit of Jesus' faithful surrender. You see, yes, we celebrate Christmas, but without Christmas, there's no Easter. And so today is a day that we rejoice that Jesus came, but he came not trying, not trying to control all the situation, but only surrendering to what his father told him to do. And his father showed himself faithful time and time and time again. You see, here's the deal. There are some things that are in our life, and this Christmas as they get magnified, we have a choice to make. And some of us, we don't have that power to control but we need to choose the power to surrender in those moments. I'm going to get, uh, get Tim to come back up. And, and as he's coming, I just want you to know that as you walked in this morning, you actually um, you got a card that said, let it go. And I actually wanted to do something this morning. I actually want to just ask you a question and the question is, I'm curious, what are you trying to control that God wants you to surrender? And I want you to think about it for just a few minutes, and I actually want you to write that thing on the card. And here's the deal. You're going to leave. We're going to sing in a minute. We're going to have an incredible time with our kids coming in in just a minute. But as you leave today, out in the hallways, 
at the end of the hallway, there is an offering bucket. And maybe you came prepared to give financially today, and that is incredible. But maybe you give something else. Maybe you give over that control to God. Maybe you choose to surrender. And I don't know what it may be that you might write down. Maybe it's some kind of health issue that you or someone you love has. Maybe it's a, a financial issue, a relationship issue. Maybe it's some guilt, and you're still carrying that around. And, and maybe you heard about it last week, but, but this week, for whatever reason, you've been still feeling this guilt, and you've been still just dwelling in it, and maybe it's time to finally give that thing away. Maybe it's time to finally let that thing go. And I'm telling you today, as we do this, as we do this, watch and see if God doesn't show himself faithful. Man, I believe with all my heart that this Christmas could be the most faith-filled Christmas ever for us as we learn to let go of some things that is holding us back. Because here's the deal. You know, we celebrate Jesus and, and, and the birth of Jesus, but Jesus in John 10, 10 says that he came to bring us life and life to the full. And so no matter what our circumstances are, God is greater than those circumstances. And he wants us to truly experience life in him. And so there's some things that might be hindering us, but we just gotta let them go. Today, this Christmas season, I'm asking you to choose to surrender instead of trying to control everything. And watch what God does.